Sisters, it's a great joy to be with you again today on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and are glad in it. Um, we come again today to consider what it means for us as the people of God to experience Christ. And we had the privilege last night of looking at Mary and how she learned to trust Christ even in the difficult and unexpected circumstances of her life. And today we're going to be looking at Anna, another New Testament figure, and what we can learn from her about what it means to seek Christ. A few summers ago, our family had the opportunity to go to the UK for a month. And so for most of that time, um, we stayed, my husband and I have four children, we stayed in Northern Ireland and we had done a house swap with a family from Northern Ireland. So they went and lived in our house and we went and lived in their house. And um, so a lot of that time we were in, in Northern Ireland. Um, but we also spent some time during that trip traveling around the UK. And on one of our trips, we took the kids to London for a few days. And while we were there, you know, we, we did all of the things. We went to the British Museum and the Victoria and Albert Museum, and we went to the Tower of London, and we watched the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace, and, you know, we went out for tea and scones, and, you know, all the things that you typically do if you go to London. But at one point in our trip to London, we were simply walking down the street. We were headed from one attraction to the next, and all of a sudden, this police motorcycle um, zoomed past and stopped all the traffic on the street. And soon after, then a motorcade of shiny cars started driving down this empty street. And we had no idea what was going on. We were just standing on the sidewalk watching all of this. And so we asked the guy, that was, a guy that was standing near us, like, what, what's going on? Who, what, what's happening? And he said to us, oh, that's Prince William. And so immediately, of course, we're all, you know, my whole family, we're all looking in all the car windows, hoping, hoping to see this famous royal as he went past in his motorcade. But unfortunately, none of us could actually remember what the prince looked like. <laughs> so after the motorcade had passed and the traffic returned to normal, my son turned to me and he said, I looked at every person in those cars just so I could say that I saw Prince William. <laughs> It, you know, it was the same for me, right? I must have seen Prince William that day with my eyes, but I didn't recognize him. If I had known that I would have an opportunity to see Prince William in London, I probably would have been better prepared. I would have researched pictures online to make sure I knew what he looked like. I would have planned our trip to make sure that we happened to be along that route that his motorcade was going to go on. I would have brought maybe binoculars, or at least I would have thought to whip out my phone and to take a picture. As it was, my big moment of seeing Prince William in London is not really a story at all. Oh well. But of course, Prince William is not really that, all that important to my life. Um, even in Great Britain, you know, as we've seen in recent weeks, the royals have sort of a, a role of ceremonial figureheads with little actual power. And I'm not even British. So whether I saw and recognized Prince William that day or not really makes very little difference to me. But I'm afraid that we sometimes have a similarly cavalier attitude towards seeing and knowing someone who is very much more important, and that is the Lord Jesus. 
Sure, we see Jesus here and there. We notice Bible verses on Christmas cards, or we hear songs about him playing in our favorite restaurant, or as we go about our shopping. Sometimes we remember things that our parents told us about him, or maybe we listen to our friends talk about him. But we're busy people. We're busy. We're going from one place to the next. We have a long to-do list. We have an agenda of the things in our life that we want to accomplish. We have a bucket list. And we don't always make seeing Jesus, knowing him, growing in relationship with him, a priority of our lives. And the truth about finding Jesus, just like the truth about finding Prince William, is that we have to be intentional. In order to see Jesus, to really see him, we need to be prepared. Otherwise, we somehow might end up in the right place at the right time when Jesus passes by, but, like my experience in London, we'll be left wondering if we ever actually saw him at all. Today, we're going to learn how to find Jesus from a woman who appears in just a few short verses of the New Testament, and her name was Anna. If you have your Bible or you have a Bible app on your phone, turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. I'll be reading um, from the English Standard Version. You might have a slightly different version in front of you, and that's fine. So Luke chapter 2, yesterday when we were talking about Mary and the angel's visit to Mary and the announcement of Jesus' forthcoming birth, we were in Luke chapter 1, so we're just one chapter on from there. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start reading in verse 22. Luke 2, starting in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, that is Mary and Joseph, so when the time came for Mary and Joseph's purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, that is Jesus, so Mary and Joseph brought Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled about what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. 
And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This passage takes place little less than a year after the angel's announcement to Mary that we talked about last night. In these verses, Jesus was just 40 days old, still a newborn, and his parents are coming to the temple to present him to the Lord as the Old Testament required. And as Mary and Joseph carry baby Jesus through the temple in Jerusalem, they meet two people. The first was Simeon, and the second, the woman that we're going to look at today, is Anna. And I want us to see five things from Anna about how she sought and found Jesus, because these sisters are the very things that will allow us to find Jesus as well. And the first thing I want us to see is that Anna prayed. This might be the most striking thing that we see about Anna. I don't know if you noticed this in what we read um, in verse, verse 37 tells us that she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Anna was a woman of prayer. And when we read that she was a woman of prayer, we should understand this to mean that she knew she needed God's help, right? What is prayer except an act of dependence upon God, telling God, God, you are God and we are not. You can do all things and we can do nothing, just like we saw with Mary. When we pray, we come in this posture of dependence on God. Prayer is really the ultimate humility, isn't it? We're telling God that we are unable and that he is able. And so Anna, of course, was telling God that she wanted to see the promised Messiah. Now, my fundamental problem in London that day when Prince William passed by was the fact that I wasn't even looking for him. I wasn't thinking about Prince William. I was wondering where we were going to go get lunch. And I wasn't expecting to see him. I might as well have been walking down that street with my eyes closed. How often, though, do we also fail to seek Jesus? Instead, we ought to be women of prayer like Anna, humbling ourselves before the Lord, asking him to show us Jesus. Sisters, prayer does not have to be complicated. Uh, Prayer is simply talking to God. So if you want to find Jesus, pray. Confess to God that you have been walking around with your eyes closed and your mind on other things and ask him to change you and give you eyes to see Jesus. Give you those eyes of faith. Give you the help of the Spirit to see the truth about who Jesus is. And when we do this, of course, God is faithful to answer us. You know, you may be familiar with Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus is delighted when we humble ourselves to seek him. So let's take our cues from Anna and devote ourselves to prayer as we seek Christ. Let's admit that we can't find Christ on our own. We can't see him in all his beauty. We can't comprehend who he really is on our own. We confess to the Lord our hard-heartedness, our coldness, our blind eyes, and then we ask for the Spirit's help. We ask the Lord to give us a heart 
that loves Christ, to give us an understanding of his word, and to give us a desire to apply what we hear to our lives. So Anna, first of all, she sought Christ by praying. The second thing that we see about Anna is that Anna studied the Bible. Um, we notice in verse, if you notice in verse 36, it says, and there was a prophetess, Anna, and then in verse 38, it says, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, this description of Anna as a prophetess might seem confusing at first. You might think, oh, prophetess, what does that mean? But prophecy in the Bible is not like Harry Potter magic. Prophecy in the Bible is simply speaking God's word to God's people. And so prophets and prophetesses are people who tell other people what God says. So Anna was a woman who told people God's word. Now, we shouldn't think of her as like a crazy lady in flowing robes and a pointed hat. We should think of her as a Bible teacher. Anna was a Bible teacher. And in order to be a Bible teacher, she had to know God's word. Now, of course, in Anna's day, she didn't have what we call the New Testament, the part of the Bible that talks about Christ's life and his work and then the founding of the, of the first church. Instead, Anna had the books of what we call the Old Testament, the books of history and prophecy and poetry and wisdom that predate Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. So Anna didn't have those books of the Bible that were written after Jesus came to earth as the perfect God-man, but she did have all the books of the Bible before that, and those books talk about Jesus just like the rest of the Bible. Now, we don't have time to talk about everywhere that Anna would have learned about Jesus in the pages of Scripture, but I like to just highlight for you a few of them. Um, in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, God promises Adam and Eve that he will send offspring, that he will send a child that would crush the head of Satan. So Anna knew, having read this, she knew she was looking for a man who would defeat sin and Satan. Then later in Genesis, God tells Abraham that Abraham's going to be the father of a great nation. So Anna knew she was looking for the one who would fulfill this prophecy and gather in all these peoples from the earth to be one family under God. Speaking to King David later, God promised a kingdom that have no end. And so Anna knew that she was looking for a king, someone who would rule the people wisely and for all eternity. Throughout the Old Testament, of course, God's people were required to make sacrifices. They killed animals on the altar because of their guilt and sin. So Anna knew she was looking for the one who would completely pay the penalty for sin by offering himself as a sacrifice. When Anna read the prophets, she saw that Jesus was going to come in humility even though he was God himself. She saw that he would be rejected by many people, but exalted by God. She saw that he would establish a spiritual kingdom and a spiritual family, and he would bring both Jews and Gentiles to be part of it. And these are just a few of the things that about Jesus from studying the Bible. Anna knew what she was looking for, and so then she wasn't put off when she actually encountered Jesus. A little baby brought into the temple by no-name parents. 
Anna immediately recognized him as the promised Messiah, the one who would come to pay the penalty for sinful people and bring them into a relationship with God. She knew who she was looking for because she had studied the Bible. Yesterday, I quoted um, 19th century theologian J.C. Ryle. I'll quote him again. Ryle says, Read the Bible with Christ continually in view. The grand primary object of all Scripture is to testify of Jesus. As we read the Bible, whether we're reading in Genesis or Revelation or somewhere in between, we're looking to see, Lord, what do you have to say about Jesus? What are you teaching me about Jesus here? You know, my second problem that day in London was not only that I wasn't looking for Prince William, but I didn't have any idea what he looked like. I was standing there going, oh, is he that one that's balding? Or is he that one with the red beard that married that actress? Or maybe he's the one that married Princess Diana? I, who, which one, with Prince William, which one is he? You know, I couldn't recognize him even when I was looking because I didn't know what I was looking for. If we want to find Jesus, we need to be able to recognize him, to worship him for who he truly is. And like Anna, the place that we should do that is by studying the Bible. Jesus can be found throughout the Bible. If you're new to studying the Bible, I would suggest that you start somewhere like the book of John or one of the Gospels that tell about Christ's earthly life and his ministry and his death. But wherever you are in your Bible reading, keep your eyes open. Look for Jesus and learn who he truly is. So the third thing we see about Anna is that Anna surrounded herself with God's people. These verses tell us that Anna did not depart from the temple. So she was continually in the temple, which is the place where God's people gathered and where God's name is worshipped. And then we see, after she sees Jesus, she, it, um, the scripture tells us that she spoke of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And so she had this group of people who were faithfully waiting for the Messiah, who were trusting in the Messiah, and she was with them continually. She was continually in the temple. Anna knew that one of the best ways to find Jesus is to spend time with people who are also seeking him. In the local church, of course, in each of the churches represented in this room, we have a community of people who love Christ, who are growing in knowledge of him, and who are delighted to speak about him with others. And when we commit ourselves to the church, we get to hear about Jesus from people who know Jesus. Of course, what's more, in the church, the, the church is a place where God's word is read and explained. There is no better place to get to know Jesus than on Sunday when God's people come together to receive God's word and to talk about what he's done in their lives. The fourth thing that we see about Anna is that Anna persisted. Okay, this story that we're reading here in Luke 2 comes at, of course, at the very beginning of the New Testament. The, chronologically, it comes at the very beginning of the New Testament. So before that, we have the end of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. Do you know what is between Malachi and the New Testament? Well, 400 years, right? The last prophecy of the Messiah was 400 years before Anna comes onto the scene. 
God's people had been waiting for the Messiah for a very, very long time. And Anna herself had been waiting for the Messiah for a long time. Anna was old. You know, the text that we read says that she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. So the most likely way to read these verses is that she was 84 years old, which I think we discovered last night is older than any woman in this room. Um, Most likely she was young when she was married, and then her husband died after only seven years. And so she may have been in the temple continually praying and speaking God's word to God's people for something like 60 years. Anna didn't give up easily. But then one day, right, verse 38, it says, she did, um, and coming up at that very hour, she saw Jesus right there in front of her. You know, we can learn something from this. Anna was always in the place where she was surrounded by God's people, where she was studying God's word, where she was praying to him, these things that sometimes we call the means of grace, things that we've already talked about. So she didn't miss Jesus when he appeared. Imagine if that day of all days she had taken off, or that month, right? Imagine if she got up that morning and said, you know what? I have been praying and reading the Bible and gathering with God's people for 60 years, and I'm just tired. I'm just going to stay in bed today, right? She would have missed seeing Jesus. She would have missed it when the Messiah came in. She would have missed the answer to her prayer. She would have missed seeing him with her own eyes. Aren't we so glad that she didn't? But how often, sisters and I'm preaching to myself here too, do we make excuses for ourselves for not praying, for not reading the Bible, for not coming among God's people in worship? We're too tired, we're too busy, we're bored, we just did it yesterday, we've been doing it for 60 years. Anna's story stands to us as an encouragement to seek Jesus and to keep seeking him. You know, earlier I Uh, I quoted from Matthew 7, where Jesus says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Ask, and the door will be opened to you. And the tense of those verbs is is sort of a continuing tense. Keep asking, Jesus is saying. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Don't give up. Sisters, do you truly want to know Jesus? Do you want to love him? Do you want to have a relationship with him? Then don't give up. Like Anna, keep seeking. Don't miss any opportunity to meet Jesus. And then when Anna finally encounters Jesus, then we see the fifth thing. We see that Anna received Jesus by faith. You know, honestly, it doesn't matter whether I saw Prince William or not. You know, I don't really care. He certainly doesn't care. Even if I had clearly seen him, even if I had shaken his hand, my life would not have changed at all. But sisters, finding Jesus isn't like that. Finding Jesus is a matter of the greatest significance, and it demands a response from us. In fact, finding Jesus demands everything. Turn with me a little bit further in the book of Luke to some of Jesus' own teachings, Luke chapter 9. 
Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 23, we'll see what Jesus himself says about what it costs to follow him. Luke 9, starting in verse 23, and he, that is Jesus, said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Anna knew this. She knew that meeting Jesus was not just, you know, an opportunity for a selfie with a celebrity. This was not just something that she could tell a story about later. Guess what? I, I met Jesus. Wasn't that cool? She knew that when she met Jesus, it was going to cost her everything. And I think even, we don't have very much about Anna in the scriptures, but even these few little verses that we have show us that Anna was ready to give up everything for Jesus. Notice what she does here. Immediately, she gives thanks. She immediately breaks into thanks. She knew. Why did she give thanks? Well, she knew that this baby was God's promised Messiah to pay the penalty for sins and to bring her into a relationship with God himself. She not only saw Jesus, but she trusted in him by faith. And I mean, it, it required some faith, right? I mean, she was looking for a king. She was looking for a savior. She was looking for the one who would gather all people to worship him. She was looking for the one who would crush the head of Satan. And what walks in? A newborn. <laughs> right? I mean, Anna saw him, but she saw him with the eyes of faith. She saw him trusting that this baby does not look like much, but this is the baby that you have sent, Lord. This is the Messiah. And so she was not afraid then to give thanks because she put her trust in God's good purposes. Sisters, have you received Jesus by faith? Have you looked at him with the eyes of faith and said, this is the one for whom I'm going to give thanks? And then Anna doesn't stop with just a thankful heart. She tells others. She's then compelled to tell others. So she's thankful for herself. And then the scripture that we read says she gave thanks to God and she began to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Talk of Jesus was ready on Anna's lips. You know, her faith wasn't merely a private, secret matter. And I think we live in a day and age where everybody will tell you that you, your faith, that's fine, that's, your, that, that's what you think, that's good for you, that's your faith, that's great. You just, as long as you keep your faith to yourself, then we can all be happy, right? And I'm sure there was that pressure for Anna, too. I mean, it's not comfortable to talk about the things of the Lord sometimes, especially if there are people there that don't really want to hear it. And yet, she didn't hold back. She gave thanks. She trusted in Christ, and then she spoke about him to everybody who was there in the temple. Her, her speech was public. You know, it, 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 her talk of Jesus was public. She, she was there in the middle of the temple speaking of him to everyone. Sisters, is talk of Jesus ready on your lips? 
Have you received him by faith in your heart? Have you given thanks? And now, are you ready to tell others about him? I'm not sure what your situation is here today. Maybe you're seeking Jesus for the first time. Maybe you know Jesus, you met him, but life has overwhelmed you and you feel distant from the one that you once loved so much. Maybe you would simply like to have a closer relationship with Jesus than you do now. If this is you, I would encourage you to learn from Anna. Pray, study the Bible, gather with God's people, persist. 60 years Anna persisted. And then receive him by faith. Don't let him pass by and remain unchanged, but receive him by faith. I'd like to leave you with a verse from the book of Deuteronomy, the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, a book that I'm sure that Anna would have been very familiar with herself, and a verse she perhaps would have committed to memory and maybe even spoke of with God's people when she gathered with them all those years waiting for the Messiah to come. In Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29, the Lord says this to us, and it's a, it was a comfort to Anna, it's been a comfort to his people throughout all time, and it can be a comfort to us this morning. The Lord says, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, if you search for him with all your heart and with all your soul. Sisters, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can find Jesus if we seek him with all our heart and with all our soul. We thank you for Jesus and for his work of redemption of his people, for his coming as the King and the Messiah. And I pray now that you would give each one of us the eyes of faith that you gave even to Anna, that we would seek Christ, that we would find him, and that we would find him to be sufficient to fulfill all the promises that you have made of him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.